Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. ...on Old Testament characters and today I'm looking at the book of Ruth, but I'm not going to focus on Ruth, even though Ruth was an incredible woman. She was you know, fantastic. And I encourage everyone to read the whole book of Ruth. It's a short book. It's only four chapters and it's a real beautiful story of redemption and love and restoration. And you'll be blessed if you read it. But today I want to look at the life of Naomi. And I really like Naomi because to me, she's a really real kind of person. You know, she messes up (laughs) along the way, but she really loves God, I believe she really loves God and she really loves the people that are around her. And I, I'm inspired by that. But it was interesting when I mentioned in our staff meeting that I was going to be speaking about Naomi, someone said, didn't all her family die and she got really depressed? <laughs> and, well, yes, <laughs> she did. <laughs> the short answer is yes. But um, there's a lot more to Naomi And I think part of the reason that I love her as well is that she's not the main character in the story. She's like one of the, one of the supporting people. She's kind of in the background a little bit. And I just love that God can really use you even if you're in the background. You don't have to be right at the front of the story for God to use you in a mighty and powerful way. So let's read. Ruth. Chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Lemelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Marlon and Killian. They were Ephrathites. Too many names. I was really good when I practiced and I was really good at home. They were from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and they lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there for about 10 years, both Marlon and Killian had also died and Naomi was left without her sons or her husband. Now, my first... The first thing that comes to mind when I read this is it's really important to stay where God is. You know, moving at that time, they were in, they were in the land that God had, God had for his people. And there was a famine in the land. And there's a whole story behind why there was a famine in the land. But there was a famine. Things were hard. And this family decided to up and move to somewhere where God wasn't. And it seems like a really wise decision maybe to go there's no food let's take our family and go to where there is food that seems like a smart kind of thing to do wouldn't you say but it's really like there's no indication at all that God told them to go there it's like one day a man together with his wife and sons went to live for a while in this other place I mean Moab was a place where people worshipped idols and you know it was a yucky kind of kind of place to be and I just yeah I just find it interesting that they went to live for a while in verse 1 it says they went to live for a while and then by verse 3 
they'd been there for about 10 years. <laughs> and, you know, it's so easy sometimes to think, oh, it's so hard here. It's so hard being a Christian. It's so hard living for God. I'll just, if I just, you know, go with the flow over here and do, you know, this is a bit easier and it's not that bad, you know, it looks great and it's, it's easier. It seems like a smart thing to do. And you think, I'll just do it for a little while, give myself a break from all that stuff that probably isn't even that bad anyway and the next thing you know you've been there for 10 years you know it's so easy you can't you can't just think I'll just you know step out of the will of God for a minute and everything will be okay because you step out of the will of God for a minute and the next thing you know you're stuck there and it's really hard to make that step to go back and bad things happen bad things happen in Moab Naomi's lost her husband and her sons it's not a good place to be I just, yeah, I just think we need to, I I guess my consideration when I read this is just to think about where are you? Where are you right now? Where are you today? You know, have you moved away from God? You moved away from where, right smack bang in the middle of where God wants you to be? It's not the end of the story, so it's okay. In Ruth 1 verse 6, it says, When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of her people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home. When her daughters-in-law, with her daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. So my next point is to go back to where God is. If you... If you've strayed, you know, if you haven't done the first thing and stayed where God is, then it's time to go back to where God is. You know, go back. Naomi hears that God is moving. He's moving back in Bethlehem and he's providing food and he's, he's moving and she prepares to go back. You know, when I was thinking about this, there was so much thoughts that I could read into the story about Naomi and whether she had just gone to Moab as a submissive wife or whether she had... You know, we don't know whether she had a part to play in going there, whether it was her decision, like it wasn't her decision, but how much, how supportive she was of it. But at the end of the day, Naomi's left to make the decision by herself and she goes back. And I think that's a great thing, a great decision to make. And, you know, just thinking about this... Lost my thought, sorry. (laughs) She goes back. (laughs) You know, you could think that she was just going back. Oh, God's moving there now, so I'll go back and follow the blessing. But when you read about Naomi, I really feel that she's more than that. She's not just following the surface thing. Like when you read through and find out more about her, there's something more. There's got to be something more about her. You know, like she's coming back. She encourages, she's encouraging her her two daughters-in-laws to go back to their family. And I find it interesting, they're already on the road back. They're already on their way back to um, Bethlehem. The two daughters are with her. They've packed up all their stuff and they're on the road. And then she goes, oh, okay, girls, maybe you should go back to your own families. And I wonder if she set out thinking, oh, I really love these girls, you know. I'll just, I won't say anything. They can just come back with me and my life's not looking that great, really. I have no husband. I have no way to provide for myself. And 
uh, you know, these girls are they're great friends as well as my daughter-in-law and we can just hang out together and it'll make life a bit easier. And then I, I just kind of see her going back and then she goes, yeah, okay, it's not the best thing for them though. So she says, okay, girls, go back to your own families where you've got the best chance of finding a new husband. You know, you get married again because I've got nothing. And she gives her, you know, she says, she's encouraging them to go back and... She's getting cranky too by the time she's going back. She's starting to realise, I think, what she's going back to. And in verse 13 she says, It's more bitter for me than for you because the Lord has turned his hand against me. She's like, oh, everything's bad for me, but you go get your husbands, go find new husbands. She's cranky. She's so cranky. Like, she's cranky at God. She's like, she says God's turned his hand against me. She's blaming God for all her problems. But she still goes back, she's still heading back to where God is. And I like that. And I think if you're cranky at God, still head back to where God is, still come to church. Like if you're cranky with God, it's, I kind of think it's okay sometimes. You get cranky sometimes. You get cranky with each other. You get cranky with your husband. If you get cranky with God, do it in the house of God. Do it around the, you know, do it with God. Don't just, Go, I'm cranky and walk away because it'll get you nowhere. You know, right about here is where Orpah decides to leave and go home to her family. But Ruth, this is the, you know, Ruth is so famous for this beautiful speech that she gives and she says, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if death separates you and me. It says when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. It's such a a beautiful gift, I think, that Ruth gives to Naomi in that, that, you know, giving of herself to her. But I think it shows something of Naomi's character. I mean, Naomi, I'm sure, was a lovely lady, but I just can't see that Ruth would be so determined to follow her, which ultimately she's following God, if Naomi didn't have a bit of God around her, you know. Like, I just wonder if maybe Naomi had been sharing about God all those ten years that she was in Moab, and that's why her daughters-in-law loved her so much. And... You know, there was something in her for Ruth to know, I want what you, I want that God that you have and I'm willing to give up everything to get it. It wasn't like she was going, going into Bethlehem to, she didn't know what she was going to have. She didn't know what her life was going to be. She was going to be a foreigner. She had no idea. She just, she was just determined to have a bit of that God. And I really want to be the type of person that, you know, people that don't know God want to follow. I want to be that person that, you know, when I'm out there crafting or whatever, that people go, I want a bit of that thing that you've got. I want that thing. Like, I want to be that person that that somebody is willing to lay down their whole life to meet my God because he's so amazing and I may be the only thing that can that shows, you know, my friends who God is. 
You know, when everything fell apart, Naomi returned to God. And it just makes me, you know, think, where do I go when things get tough? Do I turn to God? Where do you go? Do you run to God or do you run away from God? Because you need to find a way to run to God. The next thing that I get from Naomi is if you're going to have a hissy fit, (laughs) she... She has a hissy fit. You need to do it where God is and you need to get over it quickly. So in verse 19, we get the typical thing that we all remember about Naomi, which is they return to Bethlehem and when they arrive, the whole town stirred because of them and the women come out and exclaim, can this be Naomi? She says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. I don't think it's that. I mean, she's lost her husband 10 years ago, and then she's lost her son. She's pretty devastated. (laughs) It's kind of okay to have a bit of an outpouring. But I just, yeah, I find this whole passage extraordinary. I find it just, she's like obviously very bitter, but she just blames God for everything. Like, it's just like, there's no like, yeah, my husband dragged me there or, you know, I went there and I should have come back, you know, at some stage or whatever. Whatever, any kind of responsibility is all God's fault. You know, everything's God's fault, which I don't believe it was. But I love it that she came back and she really had a hissy fit once she was back in the protection of God, once she was in the, in the place where God was. And I just, I seriously, have you, I don't know if anyone else has ever done this, had a bit of a mini meltdown. I had a bit of a mini meltdown um, at school one day <laughs> and there were, Ruth and Linda weren't there. It was, I was having a mini meltdown and there were just some of the other mums there <laughs> and it's, just the whole time I'm trying to stop myself and I was getting all upset and I knew it was all wrong. <laughs> it's just all wrong. Just, you know, I was getting advice and it was not the right advice and it was just like, but you know, you can come in here and you can have a big cry. You can, you know, punch the wall. <laughs> You're a bloke, just don't break anything. Um, you can do whatever it is that you have to do. Let it out. If you need to, I mean, sometimes you'll have your breakdown, just you and God in the prayer closet. Don't need to tell anyone else what's going on. It's just you and God and it's all sorted. But there's sometimes things are happening in your life and they're a bit big and you need to have a trusted friend or leader that you can go to and you can have your hissy fit. and You can you can say things that you just wouldn't say in front of other people. You know, those feelings that are bit ugly really (laughs) you can let them out let them out to someone else and it it's amazing how much it can help to when you've been holding something in to actually let out those feelings like I'm cranky at God because he hasn't done this thing that he should have done by now (laughs) you know or I'm cranky at God or you might not even be cranky at God I'm just cranky because my life's just terrible (laughs) and I want to blame someone even though it's all my fault (laughs) just to be able to share that and do it with Within, within God, I think is a really good thing. 
And I get really excited too. I love this whole thing. Like Naomi, it's a, you know, names were so important in the, in the Bible. And Naomi means pleasant. So she was a lovely, you know, lady. She was an older lady. I just imagine this beautiful, older, gorgeous lady, pleasant lady. She comes in and she says, don't call me that. Don't call me pleasant. I'm bitter. Call me Mara because I'm bitter. And then this is one of my favorite things is that that is the only point in this whole book that she's called Mara. She's not called Mara ever anywhere else. And she's not called Mara because God didn't change her name to Mara. God didn't call her bitter. She did. God still saw her as pleasant, awesome, incredible Naomi. And it's really important that we remember to whatever we call ourselves, however we see ourselves, it's not that important. You need to know what God thinks of you. And you need to jump on board with that as well, because which is where the get over it quickly. We heard last week all about, you know, prophecy and the power of your words. I just wonder if Naomi had it kept on with that. No, I'm Mara, 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 bitter, bitter, bitter. If maybe she would have become Mara, you know, if her name would have been changed. It's okay to have a hissy fit, but you've got to do it in the house of God and get over it quickly. <laughs> Jump on board with what God has to say about your life and, you know, you'll, you, you'll live your destiny and you'll get there and your life will be so much better. And I guess we could just, you know, if Naomi's life had to just stop there, like if the story had to stop there, yeah, okay, she had a hissy fit and that's <laughs> the end of the story, but... And life goes on, but it doesn't. And I love it that you can be in the middle of having, I don't know if hissy fit relates to other people. I kind of like the word, but you can be in the middle of having a bit of a breakdown and give up right there and think this is it. But you can't give up because God has a plan for you and it's only halfway through the story. When you are in those places of hard times, you know, when you when your dreams have died and you know, things aren't going the way that you think they should. It's always only ever halfway through the story. You don't get to the end and that's the end of the story. Like God has a plan for you and he has a He has a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Like he has a fantastic plan for your life. If you give up when the things are going bad, then I feel sad for you because God has something fantastic and you're missing out. You know, over the next three chapters of, Na- of Ruth, Naomi helps guide Ruth with some really wide, wise advice. And it sees Ruth, who is a foreigner, she's a Moabite. She marries an amazing man. So she has a baby. And that baby just happens to be the great-grandfather of David. You know, she's, she has a baby that's in the lineage of Jesus. It's like, I think that's so cool. <laughs> and I love that... Naomi had a part in that. I don't know if you've ever done a bit of matchmaking. I know there's someone right there that's done a lot of matchmaking. I played a teeny tiny little role in Byron and Sarah getting together. Well, I believe that I did. I like to think that I did. I remember having dinner one day and we were just, there was a whole bunch of people and we were just talking about relationships or whatever and I just remember saying what about Sarah Byron oh no she's going out with that other guy isn't she I said no I talked to Sarah she's not going out with him she's not interested in him at all that's my whole big part (laughs) but 
stuff that Varadas are out. But it's funny because even that tiny little little thing, you know, I can look at Mia and baby Ruth and I think, how cute. Like, I played a part in that. Like, <laughs> But, you know, Naomi really guided Ruth in, in, you know, that whole setup. She really guided her. And I just, I love it that... I love Ruth. I love Ruth's faithfulness and her willingness to follow God, you know, and it brought her great, great blessing to her life. But Naomi was really blessed as well. It says in chapter 4, verse 14, the women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he be famous through all, throughout all of Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old, old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better than seven sons has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son and they named him Obed and he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Naomi had, you know, she had her life restored. She had this beautiful baby and she cared for him like she cared for for this awesome baby. She had this beautiful son-in-law and daughter-in-law. I don't know how that works, but it's like she she had a whole new family. She's At the end of the story, she had a whole new family. She had everything restored, and it was a real witness to the village. Like as she walked into the village she or into the town, she was, oh, everything's terrible, call me bitter, life's so bad. And by the end of the story, the village women are saying, praise God, look at how fantastic everything is, you know. And I just, I love that. I love that you can, yeah, hissy fit can become part of the testimony as well. You know, your hard times, you've lost your husband, you've lost your dream, you've had to give up something important to you. And that that very thing that was so difficult and hard to go through becomes part of the testimony at the end of the story. You know, you always have to remember that God has a plan for you. You know, you might feel like God's forgotten you or he's afflicted you, but it's not the end of the story. It's... It's only a small part. It's such a small part, you know. I've been through all kinds of hard times, you know. I've done, been, you know, grown up in a house where there was drunkenness. I've been through divorce. I've had death and we're living with a disability. <laughs> like, we've got, I've had a few things and by no means do I think that my life is, you know, one of the hardest lives out there. I've, had, I've got a great life. But there's been moments of real challenges and real difficulties. But I just, I know for me, you have your hard time and then look at the worst case scenario, get your head around it and get up and start living the best case scenario because the worst case scenario is not God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life is the best case scenario. Like, you you can't even imagine the blessings that God has for you. When you when you follow him and you stay in his presence, God will, you know, bless you beyond your wildest dreams. And that's the thing with messing up and, and falling down is you just need to repent, get up and keep going. It's not that hard. <laughs> 
I mean, it can be, but it's really not. It's a, it's a state of heart. Just get up, repent, and keep going. And God can turn everything around really quickly. You know, you might have, you might, there might be some consequences that follow you for a while, but, you know, God can make your life so great no matter where you're at right now. Your life can be just so fantastic. You, you just switch that attitude and switch your focus onto God and stop looking at the problem and, and your life can just be so, so great. And you just don't know what blessings, you know, the choices that you make now are going to bring to your life now but what about future generations you know the things that Naomi and Ruth and Boaz do in this story set up the whole you know the whole line the whole genealogy for Jesus the whole is there they're a part of the whole redemption of of us like of mankind I just think what are the things that you're going to do in your life that are going to change things for you know what's the legacy of your life going to be for the next generation you don't know like Naomi didn't know that that you know, all of that stuff ended up bringing about Jesus. You don't know, but it, that's why it's so important to follow God and do what, you know, obey God today. Because I just think of Naomi in heaven, like how chuffed must she be to think, I'm so glad I went back to the house of God or the place where God was. I'm so glad I did that because look at how fantastic everything worked out. What an awesome legacy. I just gets me excited thinking about what am, what, are, what am I going to leave behind? Like, what am I going to be in heaven thinking, oh, how cool is that? So exciting. But you've got to do it now. You've got to live for God now, today. So stay where God is. Go back to where God is. Have your hissy fit where God is. And don't give up halfway through the story. <laughs> We hope you have enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about this free podcast so they too can grow and learn to live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries at www.c3cc.org.au. God bless you.